How are you guys today? Good. Good. Enjoying the summer? Fun? The, the whirlwind of yesterday was fun too, right? That wind was amazing. Like, whoa. Like, I'm sitting there watching that tree. I'm like, do I want it to hit the house or the car? Neither, neither. Go that way. The wind's coming the other way. <laughs> oh, well, thank you all for being here. It's awesome to see you guys. It's, it's been, been too long. <laughs> so, uh, I was, I was joking with Joe yesterday. We drove by the, the town and the, the park was totally, you know, open and oh, the park's open. And I was like, yeah, you know, all these, all these riots started and COVID just kind of, poofed. His jaw dropped. Like really. No, no, we still have to like you know, take precautions and everything, but you know it's it's interesting to see the movements of of our world, but our our God remains the same, doesn't he? And it's it's good to come together and assemble, just like what Patty was saying that we can come together and we can you know we can we can learn uh, from one another and we can learn uh, even more from the book of Jude today. I'm I'm excited to keep on going in it. You know, we we saw last week that you know, Jude was seeing some issues uh, with uh, with church community, and he uh, decided to go in a different manner uh, to deal with an issue of the church of the day to say, hey, we need to come together and we need to contend for the faith. Yeah, we have this common salvation, um, but we also have this common uh, enemy that we need to uh, come against and uh, to talk about. So we kind of come to today of of the why, of why we need to go forward and and deal with something that's unnoticed in the church community. And uh, a great example is found even last night. I'm, I'm about to turn off my light, and I, can't even, I think a moth, like, fluttered at me. I was like, yeah, well, like, combat, you know, right there. And I looked down, and there's this huge beetle sitting right by my nightstand. I'm like... Welcome, sir. Uh, <laughs> I don't even, do you have rhino beetles out here? Because he looked like a rhino beetle or something. It was huge. But thankfully, I have a wife that takes care of these things for me. <laughs> right, Marge? We don't deal with insects, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, it was just a good, more illustrative point of like, you know, why we spray mint on our doors. I was like, Home defense just sounds really nice right now. A couple bug bombs, you know, just get, get it out, get it out. You know, we, we have a great example in the season of today that, you know, there's these unnoticed creepy crawly guys that come into our house and you know, we see them in the bathtub. We see them by our nightstand and we're like, get out, get, you know, no, no. We, once we notice them, we, we don't want them here anymore. And we, we take measures against them. You know, we take measures like like home defense and and you know other ant killers or or bug. We like we like mint. It's pet friendly and child friendly, and then the bugs don't like it, and rodents don't like it either. So there's a good and they're at, it's at your local Ace Hardware as well. <laughs> there, there's there's the sales pitch right there. Go go get the the mint sheriff. It's got a raccoon on it. And just take it to your doors and and you're you're ready to go. The bugs will be gone. So but. Yeah, because we, we don't want them in our homes, right? Unnoticed or noticed, right? <laughs> Creepy crawlies away. Well, today we come, we come to why 
uh, Jude changed his writing about you know common salvation to hey we need to contend for the faith brothers and sisters we need to come to this uh, to this matter of I guess home defense of of yeah <laughs> because something had crept in some some ones these persons had crept in unnoticed and they they brought you know it was it was brought by these that are designated for judgment um, because they actually come to pervert the very grace of God and uh, let's let's start with a word of prayer uh, father God we we thank you uh, for today we we thank you for uh, paramount illustrations in the bedroom of huge beetles and uh, Lord we we thank you that we can come together and we can assemble and we can uh, learn from your word we can we can sing to you how great you are and how it is well with our soul no matter no matter what is going on that we can have peace like a river in our in our souls that it can well up amongst us and we can we can take it out we can share with others we can share that this is you know the uh, where it starts just like what we started in Sunday school with Proverbs you know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom to apply knowledge to life and to go forward and knowing the wisdom of God is in Christ and him you now come to die for man and we thank you for today we just pray that you would uh, that your word would come forth and, and pierce us, Lord, that we would study it and look at it more intently and just uh, just be with us in this time, Lord. Thank you for this time together. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, today we'll be in verse 4 of the book of Jude. If you want to turn with me there in your Bibles, please. And verse 4 says this. It says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now Jude sees what's going on here. And so he, he speaks up and he, he writes about it to the saints, to those that are kept for Jesus Christ. You know, the first thing that, that Jude points out here is that uh, these, for certain people, have crept in unnoticed. You know, this happens very nonchalantly, very casually, kind of like, you know, hey, what's up? You know, like, and they kind of calmly enter the fellowship of the saints. You know, it, it first gives us this, this warning right here. It, it happens as no one notices it it's secretly and stealthily happens. You know, this first made me think of you know, bugs, of course, and then it made me think of a smoke or even carbon monoxide. You know, as we as we sleep, we have alarms set through our house. You know, we check batteries and and make sure those things are ready and available to wake us up if there's smoke, and then even to warn us with a very dangerous killing gas that we can't even smell carbon monoxide. Now Jude here is sounding an alarm. Watch out. Look here. Take notice of, take notice of the unnoticed. You know, when it comes to this subject, we actually see what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. You want to turn there with me, please, in your Bibles. 
And I'll just read verses 15 through 20. And excuse me. Uh, verses 15 through 20, our Lord says this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by, your, by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This, thus you will recognize them by their fruit. <clears throat> False prophets come disguised in sheep's clothing. At first there is there's no alarm because of that. They they look like one of us. They they you know seem like a saint, but inwardly they are ravenous animals and ravenous is actually defined as very eager or greedy for food satisfaction or gratification in Webster's dictionary so we so we spot them by their by their fruits no one can hide what they are there is no way to to hide this you know, a healthy tree bears healthy fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit it is a core issue, uh, a root issue, and therefore we, we recognize them by what they produce. And when we look at the cause of this issue or, or the, the root of the problem more is, well, how? How do they come in and go unnoticed? Well, it actually, uh, in other different parts of the text of Scripture, it shows that uh, they, they're come from among the people, these false prophets. Uh, the church, you know, welcomes people uh, hoping rightly that they would come to the Lord. You know, we, we welcome people into our, our fellowship and, you know, they, so they're influenced and able to speak, you know, church talk, but they are really not a part of the body. They are false brothers who bring saints into slavery, and that's that's seen in the church of well in the region of Galatia in Galatians two four, and the church community can actually have false ones within it who profess to know God, but their works deny them. They are actually uh, disobedient ones, and that's in Titus one sixteen. For one of the bigger warnings we see. To the leaders of the early church, it actually comes from the Apostle Paul to uh, the Ephesian elders. Uh, we see this in Acts uh, 20, if you want to turn there in your Bibles with me. But Acts chapter 20, and uh, just read uh, verses 28 through 31 here, and Paul's on his way uh, to Rome, and he, he stops in one of the islands off of the Asian continent, and the Ephesian elders come and, and say goodbye to him. And through this time, he says this in verses 28 through 31. He says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. 
I know that after, you, after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night admonishing everyone with tears. You know, Paul, to the elders of a local church, says this, watch out, pay attention to yourselves and pay attention to the flock. Be the overseers that the Lord has made you and care for the church. Watch out for wolves that will come in. It will happen and they will come in from the outside and they will come up from your own rank and file. Men who twist words and draw disciples towards them. So let us be alert for attack comes from outside and inside the body, even from leadership. Now, looking throughout uh, church history, we can actually, and, and world history, we can see that Christianity has always faced false prophets, false teachers, and false movements. Because ever since the fall of humanity, lies are something that draws. You know, our, our knowledge of good and evil. Uh, what we you know, saw in Sunday school that we took of the fruit and, and ate of the knowledge, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, made us think that we know best. You know, we, we tried to exchange orders like, hey, we're, we're God. God's not God. You know, humanity in and of itself suppresses truth in Romans 1.18. And humanity as a whole has exchanged the glory of God for lesser created things. So God has actually given us over all of humanity over to a debased mind in Romans 1, 28. In this cults, false gods, occultic beliefs, and unbiblical movements to kind of shelf them all <laughs> have their influence upon communities, nations, and the very world. We can see it through history, and we can even see it today. That these people can be in church communities, they can be on TV, they can have huge platforms with multi-million dollar book deals that are turned into movies because it is what itches the itching ears. And uh, Paul says for Timothy to watch out for people like that in 2 Timothy 4.3. So Jude, Jude talks more about these people and he says... That this, these people are those who long ago were designated for this condemnation. This was and is what is marked out for them. You know, these people are clearly apart from the bride of Christ and the church because they actually come in to, to twist it, to distort it. Now, these were predicted long ago. They themselves are depicted and portrayed throughout the Old Testament and from all different sides of human history. So the decree rests. The judgment stands. Because God's justice and God's truth does not change. He remains throughout it all. As we've seen in the Psalms, you know, we, we hear that. That he remains through it all forever. He is the Lord, the Almighty. When he speaks his, his word that is spoken will be performed in his timing. He is the Lord of hosts and his plans will be. Whatever he has purposed will stand. 
You know, the grass withers and the flowers fade and the world definitely changes, but the word of God will stand forever. This is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and he alone is a self-existent one, the sovereign one. And this reality is encompassed in the whole of the biblical text from you know, in the beginning God created and he is the Alpha and the Omega. You know, he is the creator. You now we, the world, the heavens, the angels, the powers, the governments are all of his. You know, he is the lawgiver as well, telling us what is sin, what is death, telling us that there is a problem. But thankfully, we come to the fact that he is the redeemer, the one who comes to seek and save that which is lost, coming to bring them home. You know, when we, when we come to the subject that, you know, someone or, or a people have been marked out for judgment, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about it this week and, you know, really, you know, ask the question, why, why do we wrestle with that so much? You know, it's, it's most likely probably one of the more bigger in-house fights or spats, I guess, in church still. You know, how does it work? What side are you on? You know, which person on history was right, this one or that one? And my, my observation of this verse today is mainly, you know, why we don't like it. It's because we like to think ourselves as sovereign. You know, when in fact, God alone is sovereign. All governments, kings, emperors, leaders, people will stand before him and answer to him. And he alone knows the hearts of men. Which brings us to another thing that we assume in the question of, you know, how can this be? Well, we as a culture, in and throughout movies and shows and even our reasoning psychologically, and if that's a word, <laughs> And we think or assume that people are good. But wholeheartedly, the Bible disagrees with that thought. Uh, please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 51. It is always so fun turning to a psalm and you want to say chapter, right? Because the rest of the Bible, you say chapter, but not, not in the book of Psalm, but Psalm 51. <laughs> I'll just read verse, verse 5. It says this, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. All of man, all of humanity is born in sin. And therefore it is unbiblical to think or to reason that man is good apart from Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus Christ, man is under the wrath of God. Because all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. And our very hearts are in fact deceitful. And uh, to see that we turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. I'll just read verses 9 and 10. And Jeremiah states this. The heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Now, this is the human heart 
apart from God. It is deceitful and sick, and only the Lord can understand it. Only the Lord alone can search it and test the mind. So we put it. We put it before the Lord. We put ourselves and our community and our nation and our world before him because we see this in humanity. Apart from Christ, this is it. Always trying to make its own way. Always seeking something or someone rather than the true and only God. Therefore, you know, right here we can see that other worldly thoughts upon God, God's spirits, or the spiritual are actually untrue and not trustworthy. For it comes of, of, one, of one of two places. The deceitful heart of man, or it is birthed by the very one who questioned God's word in the beginning. Now Jude goes on to say that these, these marked out ones are actually ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. These people have actually no basic reverence for God. They have no awe of him, of who he is or what he has done. You know, they have, in fact, complete uh, disapproval of God. Uh, they're the fools found in Proverbs, you know, that they, you know, in their, and in Psalms, Psalm 14, 1, right, Bryce? The, the fool in his heart says, there is no God. You know, they disapprove of him and his ways. They show no respect because they use the very grace of God. They take it. They, they transfer it, transfer it. They change it into something else. They invert it and exchange it for something else. It is a substitution or a trade. It's like baking bread without gluten, or breaking, yeah, baking bread without gluten, or baking a burger without beef. There's something off, right? No? You like them? Who's had a veggie burger? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you know, this, this isn't, you know, a substitution that's a health option or an allergic issue. It's turning the very grace of God into licentiousness which is completely off recipe. It's not even trying to make the right thing anymore. You know, if I can even say that word today, is not really a word we use day to day, right? You know, you're a very licentious person. You know, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbridled lust, unbridled excess. These people are depraved and unprincipled in sexual matters. They are unrestrained and unblushing in these matters. By their actions and their hearts, they, they deny. They don't accept Jesus. They reject him. They reject the master. And that is why they will face swift judgment. For Jesus is the Lord of all. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one of God. He is the son of God. He is the one who formed all of creation and the one whom creation is formed for. For his glory. He is a sovereign one that stands against them, and that is why they face judgment. For they do not believe in the Son of God. You know, from this we, we come to understand that the grace of God is not a license to sin. Uh, please turn in your Bibles with me to Romans. Romans chapter 6. 
I'll just read verses 1 through 4. Paul states this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we, how can we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now Paul says this, may, may this thought never enter our thinking that we would continue in sin so grace would abound. May it never be. We are not to live in sin for in Christ Jesus we are dead to sin. You know, this is matter of factly pictured and seen in baptism. We are we are buried or you know we're plunged under, right? You know, and then we're brought out of the water to newness of life. It's a picture. This ordinance shows us the grace of God. And that we would walk in this newness of life with Him. You know, there should not be this, this thought or theory in us or in our hearts. That sin is okay because it would glorify God. Now, sin, in fact, is not in line with the very character way of our Lord and Master, Jesus. You know, on the other hand, this, this verse shows us why it so quickly turns to sensuality. Why does this twisting become so much about sexuality? Because Satan cannot fulfill us spiritually. Humanity cannot fulfill itself spiritually. So Satan or humanity will try and fill itself with this. With unbridled lust, unbridled sexuality. If you peer into the history of many other religions, cults, and the like, it's not long of a look that you see the use of sexuality to control, to promise things that are unknown, and to promise freedom in this area as eternal life hangs in the balance. You know, it fits right into the biblical context of things because we know that Satan is actually a created being, and he is the very father of lies, and that's in John 8, 44 through 47. So he, he can't, you know, make anything. He can't you know, create things. He can only mislead and not fulfill the longing of our souls, which is to be fulfilled in God alone. Throughout this all, we can see that God calls sin, sin. Whether humanity calls it legal or illegal, God's word stands. You know, and sin is actually a part of our nature. It comes out of our hearts. It's what's defiling a person, Jesus says in Mark 7 20 and through 23 he says that 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 what's come out of a man is what makes him unclean well what we see in galatians is actually what there is to inherit the kingdom of god and not inherit the kingdom of god if you want to turn with me in to galatians chapter 5 <laughs>
We're all going to blow away to Oz. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24, Paul says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousness, fits of anger, rivalry, was it dissensions, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Divisions, envy, drunkenness, origins, uh, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, uh, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You know, the works of the flesh are evident. The world and the Lord can see them. And know this, that no one that does these things will inherit the kingdom of God. For the king stands against such deeds and against hearts that are trying to fulfill themselves by these things. The fruit of the Spirit is a, is a ready path for those that will inherit the kingdom of God. And we are to grow in and do these things because we belong to the Messiah, to Jesus. We have, in fact, ha through Jesus, we have actually had our passions and desires, this fleshly ones, crucified. Now, this all comes down to the question of who is our master? Are we? Is our want and desire our master? Or is Christ our master? Because Jesus is the master of all. Uh, he is over everyone and everything, and all creation will answer to him. So will we honor him as such in all parts of our lives? You know, in all of this, you know, we see sin. We see all of this sin. We see it as defiance right here in verse three, 4 of Jude. It's defiance of his character, of his standards, of his law of his very person. It is an affront to him. And he will and, and does deal with it directly. He actually you know, directs Jude through the Holy Spirit to speak about it. And with all of this, we, we see that attacks come from within and from without of the church. And they first happen in a very unnoticed way until the big beetle standing by your nightstand then you know it's in there. <laughs> but even with that, God already knows. God knows what their heart is, and God's judgment is upon those against him, for they deny him. And we see this happen because they twist the very grace of God, the grace of God that should bring them to faith and repentance to the Messiah, and master who gave his life for all. You know, this, what, what this all means for us is that we need to build discernment and defense against thoughts, ideas, books, shows that stand against the Lord, that stand against his word and way. 
It means we, we understand that, that no one's actually going to get away with false things, right? You know, they will stand before the Almighty. It means that we should warn people whom seek to twist the grace of God. <clears throat> and coming to today, how do, we, how do we walk in light of these truths? Is to be aware that there are false prophets, false teachers, and the like. We can understand that no one is good, and no one can make it to heaven by any other way but by Jesus Christ. So this should, in fact, encourage us to reach out to those who are misled and even to those that are misleading. So it comes down even to how we treat the grace of God. Is it a license to do what we want? Or is it a kindness that makes us want to be like Jude, a bondservant of Christ, and go where he leads us and follow him in today's world? You know, today, and especially today after last night, we spray mint on our doorways, right? You know, we see big beetles like that, get out the gun, right? <laughs> you know, we spray mint in our doorways. We put ant killer in our pathways. We stop insects from getting into our home. Our home is where we rest, right? We feel safe and we can share a good meal with family and friends. It's a, it's a place we put money into for ourselves, for our loved ones. We have hobbies and memories. And that's, that's a great place, right? It's a great home. Well, what, what is greater? That's a household built by and for Christ. Is a bride adorned by her bridegroom's grace. It's a household washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. That is what's greater than our own household. It's an assembly of those that have experienced the amazing grace of God. And we should treasure it as such. Because we, we are set apart by God and kept for Christ. So we contend, we stand against false ones, we stand against false gospels, and we guard ourselves. Get some home defense, right? <laughs> we guard the bride of Christ, our very own selves, with discernment and defense, which is key in an in information age, right? And what we need is, is wisdom and grace from the Lord and his word. Well, let's uh, close in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, we... We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths spoken out that, that deal with, with hard issues, but issues that, that are dealt with in the light. Because uh, even as we discussed in, in Sunday school, you know, people want to hide in the darkness and uh, to not have the light shine, shine on them. Uh, we uh, would be people of the light that we would be alert and, and ready to, uh, to be discerning factors in the world of how, how to deal with issues gracefully, to, to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you, God. And even in pointing out errors and pointing out the misleading ones and the misled ones that we would point it out with, as Peter talked about, with gentleness and reverence that we would give an answer for the hope that is within us, and which is you. And that as, as an assembly, we can come together and we can, we can share, we can pray, we can sing, 
and we can hear your word. And we thank you for that today, Lord. Thank you for a day that we could come together and just worship you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.